Welcome to episode 17 of the Exposition Break podcast, your home for video game critiques, industry analysis, and entertainment. I'm Blake Foley. I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Gandert. How are you today, Sean? Doing okay. You said the name right. I said the name right, and then I stuttered on the other part because I was so proud of getting the name right. The important thing is that the intro went off (laughs) with several hitches, but more importantly, I can't believe the topic of today's episode. I I really couldn't believe when you first sent me screenshots that you'd been playing Mario Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was the thing. I uh, I was sitting there, I think one evening, and I just decided on a whim to get the uh, 3D collection as much as I think it was a phoned-in effort on Nintendo's part. I was looking at it, and I was recalling your love for that game and we i knew we had a topic coming up so i said you know what i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna play this it helped also that i was gonna be losing access to my gaming pc for the course of the thanksgiving holiday so i needed something good to play on the family tv out in the living room and what better than a mario game um yeah and i i shared it with you and you, you seemed quite skeptical about my ability to finish it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um it, part of it would be um in some ways it's a very old game <laughs> and not and i i mean that it is it is interesting before we recorded the podcast we were talking about a fairly contemporaneous game actually uh metal gear solid 3 off the uh off the mic or off the recording and uh mario galaxy has a lot of annoyances uh of that era mm-hmm. um i think it has some mesmerizingly cool levels but you have to put up with a lot of faff and yes. i think that my uh patience for that type of faff is much higher than yours like some things you're definitely far more patient than me about like waiting five minutes for the perfect moment in an open world game to do your plot and have everything come perfectly where I'm just like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to run forward. Um, (laughs) But uh, when it comes to like the really, I got to talk to him and sit through a menu. Then there's a loading screen. Then they're going to tell me how to do the thing I've already done before. That's when I, that's when you lose you. <laughs> yes. And, you know, traditionally, you know, it's no secret that you're generally the one that plays the older stuff in your backlog. And I'm generally the one that just keeps that backlog yeah. growing while I play <laughs> stuff that came out last week. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it was a switch. But, you know, we've been talking about Mario Galaxy for a while since the early days of this podcast, back when we were talking about it, about Mario Odyssey. And we'll, we'll get to that later. And because we can, we'll inevitably, offer up some comparisons there but you you can't talk about either one at at this point in time without the other at this like they feel um they feel so a part of the philosophy of nintendo's game making for the time that they are made like Mm -hmm. this is the thing that it feels like they centered them around and and uh for better and worse but what i love so much about it is the actual levels and uh, as far as the 3D Marios go, what I what I tend to analogize the Galaxy games as is being the closest thing to Super Mario Brothers 3, which is 
Uh, it's it's a 2D Mario where the levels are very short, but they're all really unique and strange. And there's a lot of like, oh, you just made this thing only for this one level, this mechanic you'll never see again. And that's awesome. And I, I felt that way all the way through Mario Galaxy. You'd hit a thing and go, you did all that for this one little thing? I'm never going to see this again, am I? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. And a lot of the levels, likewise, like two minutes, three minutes. Most yeah. are pretty short. And the times where I was generally annoyed with the game was when any levels were longer than that. Oh, yeah. No, and... like the longer levels are the ones to skip. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, that's ultimately what I ended up doing. And, you know, I Mario Galaxy was a Wii game. Um, I bought it on Wii back when it came out. And I so when I told you I was playing this, you, you made a mental note in your head about how far I would get. Um, you <laughs> gave me b- based on how far I had made it previously. You gave me way too much credit. because at one point i checked in you're like okay you're almost to the point i'm like really i made it three worlds past where i thought i was gonna be um (laughs) so it's it's a funny thing so going back i've I've made it no secret and i think if we went back and listened to the odyssey podcast we did which was an eternity ago at this point um one of my primary issues with that era of nintendo is the waggle um and mario galaxy to me was full of waggle and i've i've always been critical of the wii's control scheme um not just the waggle part of it but the wii remote nunchuck combo i've never thought felt particularly good either and i always thought that was just me being difficult but how much the i'll say new control scheme but how much the control scheme of the updated version that i played on switch changed things for me really is kind of spectacular in this i i ultimately time has proven you right and me wrong (laughs) (laughs) like i i am in the minority in finding uh and not really having an issue with the uh motion controls that being said I usually only ha- don't have an issue with motion controls when they're implemented very well. Mm-hmm. And Mario Galaxy to me was a game that felt designed top down around that. Like you're pointing at the stars while you're jumping and you're maneuvering with your left hand. There's a there's kind of a doing three things at once that I find difficult to think about without using the uh, the Wiimote controller. And it's interesting to me. Uh, did you so i was curious did you play the entire thing um on the tv or did you play any out of it on handheld i i tried playing a little bit of it handheld and frankly that version of it is terrible in my opinion (laughs) um because that it like so i don't know how familiar you are with the updated control scheme but I, i i took a look at videos of it just because i was curious particularly with the handheld only because my brain went well that's gonna suck well so they could have done the same thing on the handheld version of it which is that's the frustrating thing and it's the oh so nintendo to be like no we're gonna you're gonna do it our way on handheld you know so using a pro controller i still was using motion um i'm not sure if you're aware of that um yeah i knew you're using motion and like one of the weirder things about the pro controller is realizing 
it's like using a Wii, uh, Wii Remote Plus, even mm-hmm. though there's no sensor bar. Like it, yep. it, it works tighter than the basic Wii thing. So if people only ever experience motion controls through the original white um, Wiimote control, um, it's it's not as bad as that. That that was pretty rough. Um, like that that tech, especially coming back to it today, when like a lot of touchscreen based things are mu- are much more precise, it can feel like um, I, it, you probably have don't have experienced this, but I, if you've ever played tennis with mittens on. <laughs> No. That's how, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that, that, that's kind of how, how using the Wiimote can feel a lot of the time, where it's not, you know exactly what you want it to be doing, but you cannot make it do that. Instead, you get this weird approximation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more precision required, the harder that can be. And there are times in Mario Galaxy where that can be an issue. However,. I'm going to say that most of the precision that it asks for is actually, you know, the normal running and jumping. So it's yeah. not that different from Mario 64. There's barely required precision in it, for sure. And, you know, the way, for people that don't know, the way it works is basically um, you tilting the pro controller moves the cursor around your screen that you use to pick up and shoot star bits. Um, the thing... One of the issues I've long had with motion controls on the Wii in particular um, is the whole sensor issue is with the centering of the cursor. It turns out, and this this was one of the examples that really made me kind of realize the issue I have with that is like sitting, my this is maybe a posture thing or something along those lines, but sitting on the couch, what the updated control scheme allowed me to do, and it is a simple change, is tapping the R shoulder button recenters the cursor. So that meant if I shifted a bit to the right, I could recenter without fully resquaring my body on a regular basis to do something motion based. And it's a weird thing to admit because it makes me sound like a lazy person with a, you know, posture issues, <laughs> but it made all the difference for me. And I, the precision that it provided was more than enough to do what I needed to do. I could do the quick sweeps to pick up star bits as I was flying through the air. My father-in-law was watching me play at one point. He's like, how are you moving that thing around? And I'm like, I'm just, he was actually pretty impressed that it was, oh, by the little movements I'm doing with the controller itself. He was Until like, oh, you explained that, did he think you were crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he probably still does. But. <laughs> but, 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 but he was just like, why, why are you moving your, your, your hands so much? You, you got a Twitch coming? And it's like, no, I've been controlling the game but, but this I mean, way all I week. I think that was the thing, though, was is that he couldn't act like the, the, the quality of the motion control on that remote was meant i wasn't moving my hands very much at all it was mostly imperceivable to him and that was the cool thing about it is like a small it was like having your mouse set to a high sensitivity and you could just kind of do minor movements to do what you needed to do the other nice thing was they took the attack off of just strictly a motion move and you could hit a button and spin that seems to me is just strictly an improvement. Mm-hmm. I would say um, a lot of the times that I got frustrated with Mario Galaxy originally came from um, 
not being able to get the timing of the attack exactly. And mm-hmm. I particularly come to the fore and like fighting a boss me like you have to hit him at this point. Oh, it didn't trigger even though I tried to do the motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know. It, it sounds like from a control level strictly better. Would it make you, I mean, one of the things is that like, on the whole, motion controls are something that you stay away from. After your experience with this, would you be more keen to try other, like, let's say, motion control ports? Yeah, I would be. Um, I mean, I've I've long liked the impl- imp- um, implementation of the way the Pro Controller on the Switch generally handles motion, like in Breath of the Wild, where you can use it for fine-tuning your aim when you're shooting an arrow and that kind of thing. I just don't like it when it leans on it completely. But with more fidelity, I would be interested to see an updated version of like Skyward Sword that is using better motion controls than even the Motion Plus. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that would be cool as much as I still, I think I mentioned, I, I think you'd still not get more than a third of the way through that game. Well, if, they, that, if they got What's-Her-Face to shut the hell up, maybe you get that, further. Nintendo will never get their fairies to shut the heck up. That's, oh my god, she's that's, the worst. That's like their whole their whole <laughs> thing. With, uh, mm. Anyhow, so but, but that's, that's an interesting thing. And uh, the, the controls were no longer a barrier. They were no longer a barrier. And to quickly go back to the, what we kind of started talking about, about the handheld mode, the handheld mode has none of that motion stuff and instead strictly requires you to tap the screen to do stuff. And that doesn't feel good, taking your hand off of one <laughs> controller or the other. And also, like, where the... So to mention another Nintendo preferable... Or pre- preferable... There we go. That's the word. Peripheral. Uh, peripheral. That. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, the the Wii U tablet was a light device that you could easily hold with one hand, and the Switch is not. Um, mm. It's it's not easy to quickly take a hand off of and use, and that's also on another game. Um, that's why Mario Mario Maker Two isn't as good, in my opinion, as it is on the Wii U. Um, so that's just kind of a side thing, but yeah, anyway, the implementation and motion meant that I never actually played it handheld short of, you know, five minutes and going, Ugh, I don't like this. So, yeah, I, it, I think that's interesting. I mean, one of the things I had issues I had with super Mario, the switch one, I think it's 3d world, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one's land or world or uh, uh, 3D world. Land is the uh, the portable 3D, one. 3DS one. Yeah. Okay. They they hit a certain point of like Assassin's Creed with those 3D ones, but anyhow, <laughs> or like who knows which one is which. But but I it was not terrible to move your hand to do touchscreen things, and the game was designed around it. However. I rarely like, whereas I generally am cool with uh, like motion controls that tended to be awkward Mm -hmm. and like moving your hand back and forth from that. uh, It just, even when they're designing around it felt bad. So I can even like imagine something like level designs of Mario galaxy where they're not designed around that being pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, like Mario Galaxy's level design. Let's let's get 
just some of that and kind of its gimmicks and like you know every mario game has a gimmick of some sort i think that's yeah I, it was interesting when you put this in the our rundown for the uh, and i was like what does blake consider its gimmick <laughs> i mean a it has the motion control stuff i don't actually consider that the gimmick though i figure that's that's the Wii's gimmick that they were kind of doing stuff with mm-hmm. but i mean the, the gimmick that you know mario galaxy leads heavily into is the planetoids and the gravity aspects of a lot of the level design but not all of it and i think it's interesting how they kind of go back and forth between like okay now you're doing a you know thing that plays with gravity and small planetoids and now you're playing basically a mario 64 level um Mm -hmm. the the gimmick itself of the the gravity stuff is pretty cool and the things they do with it are pretty neat i i think it runs into issues with some of its control where their camera placement and stuff just doesn't know what to do sometimes and you end up pushing in a direction and running in circles that was pretty frustrating when you would take a death to those kinds of things and also felt weirdly un nintendo to me even for that time um, as far as usually I expect a little bit more polish than weird instances like that. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I I mean, I had those as well. Um, I think I enjoyed the gimmick so much, um, particularly like going from these weird planetoids and messing around with gravity. I have been really surprised how uninfluential the game was for being like a blockbuster success <laughs> um <laughs> like you don't see and i i know um there are light there are light instances of this and other things but um yeah i i feel like the 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 motion the way that you feel when jumping from place to place and switching between different gravity fields um, there isn't, to me, uh, anything quite like the Mario Galaxy games. And I'm, I'm surprised because that's one of the cool things that games can do is uh, screw around with f- the physics of reality. It's one of the reasons why, you know, people love the Portal games. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the off, you know, some of the things that tried to copy Portal is you can just take these things and screw around with physics. I love doing that with Mario Galaxy. And I had... I had a real blast with the gimmick enough so that when I did have those camera issues, I would just, um, I think because I rarely like 3d platformer cameras, anyhow, uh, I just <laughs> kind of took that, uh, took that as part of the thing. Like I don't, sure. I, I don't know how much better a 3d camera from a third person point of view has certain limits and when you're like pushing the physics of things as strangely as as that that game is mm-hmm. uh definitely de- i'm not saying it couldn't be improved a bit but i don't think that it could be radically that much better no i don't think it could radically it was just an interesting thing because i feel like in there there are definitely there's two versions of that problem there's the one where you just 
your your brain is trying to figure out which direction am I supposed to push here to run the way I want to go, and sometimes you just get that wrong, and that that's inevitable. Like that's just kind of like a oh okay, I should have been pushing left and not instead of up. Um, the other one is yeah, where you sometimes push in a direction and Mario just starts running in a circle, and that was the one that was just kind of like ah, I would have expected them to figure that out, but it's not game breaking. I did die to it once at least, and it was frustrating, but I was like eh. Not a big deal, but to your point about the physics and that kind of stuff, and it, it is a funny thing because it is really well done. Like the camera movement as you are moving between planetoids or even like long jumping around a planetoid and almost kind of reaching your own orbit around it. It For a game that is so cartoony, one, and two, in third person, like... I, I would get a mild physical response of almost mm. like vertigo and that sort of thing watching it take place. And that was really strange and really cool at the same time. Cause you expect that thing from like first person experiences or, you know, at least like close behind the back camera kind of things, not necessarily from something like a Mario game. Yeah. I, I think that the, the exhilaration of those stuff, those parts of it are are not really like much else that's been made and are kind of the reason why I, I, I think it's a game with quite a few, it's, it's definitely has quite a few parts I don't particularly care for, but the highs are very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of kept me going and especially because the levels are so short if this one's kind of like meh the fact is if you play through the next two levels you'll probably have another part that's it like brings you to experience something you haven't played before which is again particularly strange considering how old the game is how many other games we've played and like even so there's stuff where you go Oh, that's pretty neat. Why doesn't anyone else uh, try something like that? I mean, it's kind of a funny thing, though, because, like, how many great 3D platformers are there? Zero. But, (laughs) uh, no, no, that's one of the things. And I I actually have, weirdly, I tend to not have that much tolerance. Like, I I always bounce off the Ratchet and Clank games, for instance. I (laughs) I don't, I can't deal with a lot of... um, 3d platformers they they just rarely do it for me but this one kind of uh this one works for me in a way where even like i i am the weird dissenter and that i think that mario odyssey is like okay Mm -hmm. um we're opposed to everyone else's love for it and uh part of that is i just I don't find the 3D platforming experience that interesting. Whereas this kind of, with the jumping around, screwing around with gravity stuff, it adds another element to that entire thing. Yeah. And like, you know, we're kind of talk. we'll get into Odyssey here. Let's just talk about it. It's like, I, I like Odyssey a lot, but this galaxy is such a different experience from it. Odyssey is a, you know, pretty much kind of an open world exploration game in most ways. And it has platforming, but most of the platforming isn't super demanding. It's almost kind of a weird puzzle game in a lot of cases, more than it is about execution. And not that the platforming's hard in Galaxy, but Galaxy is still about the platforming, if that makes sense. I I agree. And one of the things that, um, I know this was a thing uh, Mike Williams, who 
was that US gamer, but now they all got fired. I think he's going to I can't remember where now. Uh, <laughs> it's the games industry. It's been a year, so that everyone has to get fired somewhere. Right. Uh, uh, but he, he was writing about how going between Mario Galaxy and Odyssey, which I was one of the other few people who was doing that back then, like going between the two in rapid succession, you play Odyssey and you feel real slow after you play Galaxy. Galaxy is real fast and uh real platforming and there's a lot of it it goes along a bit more with what i was saying in terms of super mario brothers 3 it's it's very twitchy at times Mm -hmm. there's a lot of real uh short fast things you need to figure out how to do on the fly uh if my analogy is gonna continue to stretch odyssey's more like world Super Mario World, where there's a lot more about exploring. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit slower. The worlds are bigger for sure, and there's more secrets. You know, mm-hmm. there's more to there's more to discover. But um, I don't know that the actual like platforming experience is nearly as interesting. And I, as a person who doesn't enjoy exploring Mario Odyssey that much, that part was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, Odyssey has a handful, um, I couldn't tell you how many, but a handful of levels that are about the platforming, but that's kind of it. Where And those ones are the ones that are kind of demanding and demand precision. I think the movement in Odyssey is really good, um, and it's also really good in Galaxy. But I, I promise in- you, it, I promise you, it is slower. Like <laughs> I'm like, sure it is. Yeah, bo- booted. I don't. You probably don't have it anymore. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but if, if anyone who listens to this has both, play just like ten minutes of uh, Odyssey and then galaxy and then switch back and forth i think you'll be surprised at how um they both feel like oh this is just how mario works but the speed is vastly different i believe it i believe it and i was impressed with galaxy from a standpoint of it near the end and we'll get the end felt kind of uneven in the levels but it did start requiring more of me from a platforming perspective um there were jumps where you needed to use the kind of running crouch then long jump forward kind of thing which i don't think odyssey ever actually required you to do i could be wrong i probably am wrong but it galaxy definitely felt more like it was demanding more of you in that regard too Hmm. So you you mentioned the prog- the progression, how the later uh, levels. Um, do you want to talk about uh, my least favorite thing about the entire game, which is the hub world and progression system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and then that's mine too. And that's one of the things I tend to love about Odyssey is it kind of just generally lets you do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's Galaxy's. I mean, it's kind of funny. Galaxy's progression is that of a mobile game. Um, in a lot of ways a lot of mobile Mm. games kind of do the collect four doodads from this level and then eventually you'll unlock the next one kind of thing and odyssey does that too to an extent but galaxies is steeped in that hub world which just is a annoying to travel around b it's a nintendo game so it has a bunch of unskippable text that is a repetition from things and just and then sometimes when you finish a level you you did something so it feels the need to not take you back to the spoke that you're on but instead back to the center so you can watch rosalina tell you something and rosalina's probably one of the worst 
Mario characters of all time, but we can Which talk. is remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I... Every part of the story plot, like that part of the world of Mario Galaxy, is so boring. It is, uh, it is kind of extraordinary. And uh, oh, like Mario Galaxy loses that, and I realized that I beat Mario Galaxy in like it's like in some ways a longer game i beat it in like 15 hours shorter just by not running around that stupid hub world well you didn't want to go look at the new storybook pages every time you got one uh, i believe when i first accidentally walked into the room where she reels reads the storybook uh, my exact words were oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> and then she proceeded uh, to go through you know four pages of that thing as slowly as possible and like yeah. it's the hub world is kind of like it's just i don't know nintendo has this habit i don't it, it's a bigger topic about nintendo and story but they try <laughs> they're, not they're not good at it and they try and try and try and it almost feels like if we slow down the text maybe people will like it more and it's just <laughs> uh... you're not getting it let's slow this down you know the, the the little star dudes turn into stars like cool you know it's just and you can't expect much from a mario game story-wise i mean maybe you could but they haven't pulled it off, but they kind of keep trying when really all you want to do is just hop into some world and get some antics. But the intros to these games and like the amount of time they spend on downtime is just insane compared to what the ultimate story is, is that Peach got kidnapped by Bowser, go get her, and cool. Like if, you, if yeah. you're going to spend that much time on story, get a new story. This would be the other reason I think the Switch is definitely the way to play it, is that the Wii, uh, you don't have the just uh, sleep mode. Mm. You know, it's it's an old system. You can't just go, oh, okay, sleep and keep it where I was exactly and not have to go back. Mm -hmm. um, Oof, yeah. Uh, <laughs> think, think, think of that experience. Yeah, no, uh, that sounds awful, too. Yeah, That's... every time I started, I'm back and I got to go run across the hub and go over to this thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I <laughs> Galaxy 2 is such a fascinating game and it, it's so frustrating that it's not available for the Switch. But I, I have told you before, it is literally just a level selection menu. There's mm -hmm. no, I don't think there's even a story. It literally, <laughs> it literally is just... Here's a bunch of the here's a bunch of levels. Um, really, really basic. Pick which one you want to go to. Move forward. Move to the next one. Move to the next one. You can do a couple stars in them if you want, or you can just keep going. And you're like, oh wow, I just I, that was the thing where I, I it gave me the pick up and play experience that I wanted of those like small, uh, miniature, interesting physics puzzle levels. It's um, it's, yeah. it's such a funny thing of Nintendo's tendency to just kind of make weird arbitrary decisions about progress and when you as the player are allowed to stop. Um, and yeah, the pause feature, or, you know, the suspend feature helps with that but like i'm also at the same time playing through new super mario brothers u with nicole and that game only lets you make a hard save oh yeah at castles uh, 
and the, it has that, that thing's real that made it that was the thing about that game that made it feel more dated than any other aspect mm-hmm. and it's still that way on switch yeah and it's uh, like, that's real what the heck you can do the weird save where it like locks everything out and it's like this is your like suspended state save and you can like it's just it's a strange weird dated thing and galaxy feels that way too and you know it's it's and at this point galaxy is dated don't get me wrong um but you mentioned in galaxy 2 you know being able to kind of just hop into levels and get stars but the other kind of frustrating thing about galaxy 1 and i'm not sure if 2 does this but like the idea of multiple stars in some cases where you get a star and it boots you all the way back and in many cases it nope. makes sense because the levels are you know it's the same world but almost right from the jump you are going in a totally different oh, direction yeah, yeah. but there are it's, it's cases just the same background yeah you know it's everything else has changed mm-hmm. but there are cases where you get like a secret star and you're like okay cool i'll grab this and then it's like all right go back oh i gotta oh, re- yeah. i gotta replay three quarters of this level again now awesome that that is true in both of them okay and it's frustrating it, in Galaxy 2, I think the main reason why frustrating me less is because it wouldn't like put you in a weird place in the hub where you have to go and grab the star and pull yourself over. You just press the button and you're right back in the level. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely still hated that because you're like, oh, I got to get the secret star down. How could I not? What type of idiot doesn't get the secret star? (laughs) Um, But then you're like, ah. Why did I get that? I got to go back and get the. I was mm-hmm. three fourths of the way done with the level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I definitely found that to be in just as frustrating a decision as you. It's just like, just let me collect it along the way. We cool. We cool. Can All we right. just get this? Then you could just launch me right back. We'd be fine. But no. And, you know, and that's one thing I do like about Odyssey is just you get a thing and then you just set your, set your sights on the next thing and go. Um, and I, I enjoy that about Odyssey quite a bit. Um, Rosalina, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through my notes here. I, I mean, why? It just why? says Rosalina sucks. <laughs> it, it did say that, and then I deleted that. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. She just bugs me, and I can't really express why. I don't, because she has no character, for one. She is impressively bland. Yeah. Like, I, it's, she feels very, very, very focused, tested by executives, in a to the point of sheer death. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm weirded out that she is a character in Smash. I mean, she's in Smash, she's in tennis, she's in Mario Kart. Like, why? I don't why, know. to play? It? And I'm not saying that Mario games are good with other women, but like, they make. Um, Wow, they they make I'm Daisy seem like a character trait compared with whatever it is. Rosalina uh, Daisy, yeah, no, you're right, exactly. It's at least you know I don't know. It's they they something. it's something it's something, and it makes I mean it makes uh, the handling of uh, what's her face in Odyssey is actually quite good by comparison. Um, blanking uh, on her name. Yeah, Pauline. Um, not Pauline. Pauline. Yeah, Pauline's yeah, like, Pauline. you know, she's a lounge singer. Like her, that version's like, okay, cool. You actually gave this person some personality, and all Rosalina is is a hairdo. 
Uh, Pauline is insane. And I like that. I like how weird. And when you play through her, like, not very good song, but it's very up tempo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's some great. It's probably this. That's the weirdest Odyssey gets. And I, I was all there for that. And Galaxy gets weird all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just the in between stuff. Like whoever designed the hub world had nothing to do with the people who designed the levels. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. And like you can you can even picture a hub world that would have been more fun to navigate, like that didn't have the weird light transporters mm. and instead had you jumping to switch gravity to go to the next, you know, thing. But nope, it just was dull and tedious. Um one of the things I also wanted to talk about briefly that I didn't put in the notes here are the power-ups. Um Galaxy, I, I find Galaxy's power-ups kind of underwhelming. Oh, yeah. Like, it's there's a fire flower that's limited time use. There's an ice flower that's the fire flower. There's the bee costume that... It's very fuzzy. Yeah, yes, it's very fuzzy and makes it so you can't do the cool movement stuff that Mario can do. Um, there's the ghost, which isn't fun to do. And then there's the flying Mario, which should have been a cape Mario, in my opinion, or a Tanuki, but they made him black and red for some reason. I was trying to, I couldn't even, it wasn't memorable enough for me to easily picture that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the power-ups all pretty much suck. Um, Again, I'm going to keep going like Galaxy 2 does it better. (laughs) Uh, Yoshi in Galaxy 2 opens up a whole lot of possibilities and changes, I don't know, changes a lot of how the game works. And in interesting ways, it just kind of adds another level. All of those, um, I think most of the time, the power-ups feel like they really slow you down. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, particularly like the B costume and such, but like even the other ones, uh, I don't know. They felt like they slowed the level down most of the time, it, and they lead to puzzles that aren't related to gravity. It's like, oh, I've got to freeze the things. Okay. Yeah, and it's. I mean, this has been an issue with all 3D Mario games for me that I. The power-ups in 3D Mario games have always felt, and like Yoshi's kind of an extension of this, that they've, I think back to Super Mario World, where every level was designed kind of with every power-up and Yoshi in mind, except for the castles. You couldn't bring Yoshi into them. There was no, uh, oh, Super Mario World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At first I thought you were talking about 64 in my head. (laughs) And I was like, Yoshi, I was like, what are you you talking about? (laughs) No, no, I'm talking about world where, you know, like, but the levels all kind of accounted for it. And then once we got into 3D Mario games, the power ups kind of just basically became specific keys for specific doors. Yeah, no, that's 100% how they are. And again, except in Galaxy 2, which uh, Yoshi is, every level was kind of designed around what, how does it work if you have Yoshi versus if you don't? Okay. Um, I th- I got worried for a second there because I thought you were going to say that like every level is a Yoshi level, and I was going to be a little no, upset. No. Okay. No. Uh, it's more that a, a lot of the time you can't get Yoshi from that level, but you can always bring Yoshi in. Okay. So it, it has like a sort of Super Mario World thing, and 
uh, the result, um, I don't know, you'll you'll pass things and you'll be like, well, I could take that route and see what that leads to if I had that, but I can't because I don't, and, and, and think about it that way. Uh, it just leads to a better experience. It's interesting to me, I don't know, it's weird for me to have one of my criticisms be about a game that it isn't the other game, but... Uh, <laughs> In I mean, so many ways, it, it it just is like an improved version, and uh, it's very frustrating because the tech is the same tech to uh, have it so completely unavailable. Yeah, and like if if Nintendo had any, you know, whatever, <laughs> they would add it to the collection at some point. But the collection is going to be off the market in march or april like what's up with that i don't know they just it's a limited (laughs) availability thing and like for reasons that was part of the other reason i just decided to pick it up because i'm like i'll want this eventually i'll want to play mario 64 someday which man mario 64 has not aged well but (laughs) if you had camera issues for galaxy you can't Uh... play 64 um Although the last time I played some of that, I guess it wasn't the last time, but uh, my girlfriend in college had the one for the DS where they never figured out how to do the control scheme right. Mm -hmm. So you had like three bad options. That was the one that Uh, came with the weird thumb stylus, right? Well, they all came with that. That was just in the in the wristband. Oh, okay. So you just took the little plastic piece that was on there, put it on your thumb, and moved it. it, it, it okay. Was, okay. Um, it was uh, it was mesmerizingly bad at that, but it also brought in a lot of cool things. So I always wanted them to just port that version without the dumb controls mm-hmm. and nintendo's never managed to do that yeah and then, i mean i would say all these games should have been ported with full 3d cameras um but they weren't like i understand galaxy needs its fixed camera for certain things um but in the cases where you can move the camera it is still these set you know mm. a- eighth turn increments and like that's frustrating and annoying but whatever nintendo do right by do right by fans make this a better collection they won't they've actually patched it which is remarkable um but i you know it's to thing it's been to things to make it so that people that like inverted controls can re-invert them after they removed inverted controls from the games (laughs) you know i'm actually grateful they did that should I ever decide to go play Mario Sunshine? Um, I, I find it funny that that me just saying that there's the first time we've brought up Mario Sunshine in this entire conversation. I, I have played a solid 10 minutes of Mario Sunshine. Once, oh, really? I played a lot more than that, but <laughs> I what I played was like, um, it was underwhelming. Uh, it's amazing to me that they made something vaguely similar to that fun with Splatoon. But mm-hmm. like the Mario Sunshine stuff I played was like, um, I don't know, the entire game, what if it was based in like one world of Odyssey and it was the most boring world and you had to clean up people's litter? Yep. Uh, yeah it's weird to me that that's the third one they're like put in 64 sunshine and galaxy and 
like 64 might not have aged well, but it, it, it there's it's a important. reason. To yeah. Put it, yeah. Yeah. To put it there. Well, sunshine. Ah. They should have, I mean, God, Nintendo just put, put the originals, you know, Mario games on this too. Like this should have been a much better collection than it was. There's no reason for them not to. I I mean, having like a sixty dollar Super Mario pack, ten Mario's for sixty or whatever, mm-hmm. ten Mario's for a hundred dollars, whatever. Um, it would sell amazingly well, and people would be excited. But instead, they a limited time thing with like two and a half games and uh, (laughs) yeah yeah and like the the packaging itself is just lackluster like it should have i'm not talking about physical packaging but the stuff around it there's no special features of any kind and it's just bare bones select the game from the menu and go and so many other companies are doing right by their properties even konami has done a better job doing right (laughs) by their stuff this is sad there are places like you can look at like digital eclipse you can look like look at them too there are places that have are just really passionate and Mm -hmm. excited to put in that archival material i'm curious where um now especially that you you know you mentioned sunshine you talked a little bit about 64 odyssey uh, where does this stand in the uh 3d marios for you and we we even talked about world which is like it's a 3D Mario that mostly, like, um, what's there? So. <laughs> I, I think I liked I liked 3D Land a lot. 3D World I never finished. Um, it's being re-released on Switch um, in March or so, and I'm I I may pick it up then just to play it more because I did enjoy it to an extent, but. I if think... you could if you could play it with your wife, yeah, it might be more interesting together. Yeah. Otherwise, like I actually, after you mentioned finishing land, I was like, oh, I, I might be more interested in that. But also, so much of 3D world is designed around having exactly like the the 3D yeah. world maps are clearly meant to have up to four people running around in them. So when you're running around around on your own, it's kind of a dull. Yeah, game. that was my experience all the way. Yeah. Um, and land is very different from that. Land is clearly designed for one player. Um, gotcha. So where Galaxy sits for me, I mean, I'd probably still put, as far as 3D Mario's go, I'd still probably put Odyssey at the top just because it caters to the things I like in games a little bit more. But I would probably put Galaxy at this point as a solid number two. That, I mean that makes sense, and I'm I'm sure more people are in that category. That that like what I understand why people get that out of Odyssey, and and it's interesting to me when all the comparisons people liked. Some people liked the exploration on Odyssey more than they liked it in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I think I did too, actually. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you're right, but that's <laughs> definitely that's definitely a thing that some people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I still think that Galaxy is well, galaxies, whatever, um, very unique and worthwhile, and kind of for people who are not interested in that open world, uh, definitely something worth checking out, despite the 
annoyances for a game made in what 2007 um, i think seven i think you're right i'm gonna go with seven but i'm yeah, trying to just... think i was in college um okay We're... yeah it's, it's one checking. of my favorite things is that we will always do a rundown, but we will never put in the basic facts about games. Like I bet other people, if they're doing this, they put in like the Wikipedia stuff. But we just we're too good for that. That's, that's we're, we're too, you know what? Giant Bomb regularly gets the price of games wrong when they're talking about them, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's because they, they, they I, I, Giant Bomb is always the Lucille Bluth. How much is a banana? Like that, that's how they always are with games. True. Forever. True. But I used uh, to actually own a Mario Galaxy full cardboard standee from my days at GameStop that was in my college room. So, and that thing was huge. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, touch on with Galaxy that we haven't kind of jumped on at some point? No, I think, I mean, just really, it's. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I found a way to enjoy it. It's amazing to me how much the controls were the barrier keeping me from completing that game after multiple attempts to get into it and often stopping in World 2. Um, which, yeah, again, you gave me far too much credit um, <laughs> as to how far I'd made it. Um, but no, I, I think it's a good game and I'm glad to see things get updated in ways like this that make it, you know, reach accessible until March. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Good point. Good point. God damn it. Nintendo. Very accessible. Wait, uh, briefly for <laughs> right i'm yeah i just still can't i mean it's the same company that on the wii released a physical copy of super mario all-stars the original on a disc <laughs> and charged 50 dollars for it so it's it's just funny mm -hmm. I, it cracks me up and that was a um, limited edition too so assholes anyway uh, anyway so yeah unless you've got anything else to say i think we can move on no, no, I, I, I think I think I've said my piece with it. Um I will probably and I, I, I probably actually not talk too much about Mario 3D games for a very long time. I, I I can't even if you played Galaxy 2, it'd be it'd be like always you'd be like, Yeah, all those things where you said it was like the same game but slightly better or right. And I'd be like, Yep. <laughs> I, I'm curious, yeah, I think, like, what does Nintendo do next? I think there's probably room for another Mario game on the Switch. Do they make an Odyssey 2? Because Galaxy 2, I don't know, Galaxy 2 feels like a weird, like, even though it's it more well-regarded than Galaxy, feels like a... It, it, Nintendo seems to feel like it's a failure in that they made, yeah, a, they I, made a I sequel agree. to one of their games, and, like, how dare we... I, I, I agree, even though it sold millions and is a critical like I I I feel this I feel the same way. I I'm always just happy when like Nintendo releases things. Like it just feels like the, even though the Switch has been su such a success, it feels like we're having the same drought that like every Nintendo system has. Mm -hmm. When they have so much they could release and like port yeah. and all that. And, you know, like Zelda, Zelda anniversary is coming up next year, I think. Will mm -hmm. they do right by it? Probably not. And I no. think back to the GameCube where Zelda 
they had some awesome collections that were extremely hard to get, but some awesome. That I got. <laughs> yeah, I had both of those crazy discs, and it's crazy to think, you know. And they marketed it this way, but on the GameCube through through use of the Game Boy adapter and all that kind of stuff, the GameCube was actually able to play every single Zelda game. Especially if you include uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes, especially then. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it was very neat. And I think what people, and by people I mean us, but I think most people want is just um, the frustration with Nintendo is they always act like they're Disney with Disney's whole vault thing they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but Disney doesn't have that anymore. And it's it makes no sense in the age of digital media. Like mm-hmm. digital media means that that any attempt at that breaks down, and all it means is that I'm gonna play instead of that. I'm gonna play Mario on my jailbroken PS5. Yep. No. Yep. Wait, you got or PS5 on my to- or my toaster <laughs> or, or on my jailbroken toaster oven with an LCD screen. Yep, your refrigerator door. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I hope they see the light someday and basically do the Disney Plus version of Nintendo. Yeah, that that's my that's kind of my thing. Is like they spent so long copying Apple. Maybe they'll start being like trying to copy Nintendo or uh, Disney. I mean, you know? Dis- and... Disney's kind of the closest thing. I mean, they're yeah. they both have a mascot that is universally recognizable. Like, just, just but it. isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I, I'm going with that. So, uh, kind of moving on. Have you? I, I'm looking at you. Also, but been playing. Have you played much much Darkest Dungeon? Uh, I I put in probably eight to ten hours. I put in quite mm-hmm. a bit of time in it, and then I had a catastrophic series of runs. Um, three <laughs> three runs in a row that did not go well at all, and I've put it down for a little bit because I was heartbroken. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I I got it partially on your uh, recommendation, and I just haven't... Um, uh, I, I did some of the intro stuff, and it required a level of thought where at that time I put it down and I was like, I will wait another month or two until I have the brain power. Yeah, and um, I, I still think it'd be helpful even before you get like really you know into it if we did a video and i just walked you through some of it because i think i could okay i think i could do a better job of just showing you rather than the game telling you maybe maybe in a week or two we we do a stream with that because yeah basically there were a lot of systems and it Mm -hmm. was difficult to tell what was important and what wasn't and they're all important (laughs) basically my brain was like you know what um it felt like i'm a person who actually like really enjoys a type of number crunchy tedious puzzle um but other people describe that sometimes as homework and when i'm really tired that's when i don't enjoy that so yeah. i was just i was just at a point where i need to refresh a little bit and uh, so it's been a few weeks but i i was interested because i hadn't heard you say much about it after 
there was a day where you like, I just had the worst run ever. And then I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't put together that I, he hadn't mentioned a game since then, but I probably did. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a bad series of runs. It turned out, I think I said, I just had the worst run ever. And then I had two more after that. Um, and I mean, the game's built around that. So that's kind of how, how it goes. Um, I think, yeah, it's a, it's super numbers driven B the, the, console controls on like switch mixed with touch and stuff are good they work um they're not as good as a mouse is but i think if if i can show you things with a mouse interface the gamepad controls will make more sense if that makes sense like my transition to the controls was easier because i already knew what was there to find Gotcha. Yeah, so, that, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a lot there and it's interesting, but uh, I think that might be a good way for me to go and then kind of go back through the beginning areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've been playing Until Dawn, and I think you finished Until Dawn. I finished Until Dawn, and uh, I w- it's a game I don't want to talk that much about because... Uh, I could see you playing it in the future at some point in your life. And it is a game, A, with a cool story that shouldn't be, um, shouldn't really be spoiled. But um, I don't know. Uh, we might we might play some of the other games by the same developer that kind of uh, followed in that style. And we could talk about what that does well. But you described it to me before as kind of like, what if David Cage games were good? <laughs> and uh, part of that, a lot of a lot of why that works involves this story that they chose to tell. Okay, like David Cage games are a very bad match for the stories he wants to tell with the uh, like mechanics he wants to use. They don't work well. Mm-hmm. And this basically took those mechanics and said, what type of story would work really well with an FMV thing? And it does. Okay. Um, I, I was, I had a really good time with it all the way through. And, um, but I, I, some of the reasons for it are, are pretty interesting. It, yeah, it's, it's hard for me it's such a story-based thing mm-hmm. where there, you know, it, it is a very FMVE story-based. There are two basic ways you can make, uh, you know, if we're talking about the verbs in it, there are two verbs. One of them is FMV. The other is make a decision between X number of choices. Okay. Those are it. So it's like choose your own adventure plus FMV. I'm there for that. that that's fun to me. Mm-hmm. I can see why people who are hearing this and know what full motion video is can probably tell for on their own, whether or not that sounds like something they'd be into without me telling them. Does it, (laughs) does it like cage games tend to have like a, he also loves to dwell on the, tedious aspects like he has nope. kind of a weird obsession with like okay now you're going to sit down and you're going to eat breakfast and it's going to be a quick time oh, thank event. god no okay thank god no <laughs> okay uh, one of the one of the things is one of the stranger things about the game is that it's designed episodically even though it was never released episodically mm-hmm. like it's made as if it was 10 uh i would say like 40 to 60 minute episodes and each one of those episodes, uh, because of that timer, 
there's supposed to be a self-contained experience that's kind of tight. And like, you can't have 10 minutes of eating breakfast when the entire episode is 40 minutes. That's cool. Know? Okay. So, so it, it's a weird, weird thing where, um, my guess is that it was like, they were told that it would be released episodically. And then it got changed because that's a, not a very good monetization model. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Only, it, only one company has succeeded in that. And that was name that company. IO Interactive. Oh, Hitman. Yep, Hitman won. But even then, Square Enix. But even thought that, that was a, yeah. But yeah, even that was kind of um, that was kind a strange, of dicey and almost ended the franchise. I thought it. It. I mean, typical Square Enix problem. Um, yeah, right. Square Enix. Yes, Square Enix. Typical yep. Square Enix yep. problem. Game we put a bunch of money into and had unrealistic expectations yeah. didn't meet those expectations. That just happened again with their Avengers game. They had a release that's like it didn't do as well as we wanted. I'm like what I knew so want? many people who played that Avengers game. Actually, mm-hmm. like it was real big with uh, the people I used to play board games with in uh, Florida. Okay, uh, they, they all loved it. Nicole's, um, Nicole's they, playing it in the other room right now. <laughs> so. they, they all played it for uh, a lot. And uh, yeah, when I saw that they're like, it failed, I was like, mm, then you guys did you guys did something wrong because that's not on the game. That game seemed to really succeed at um, A, getting, in, getting the audience, B, building the experience they wanted. Yeah, and they did the same thing with Tomb Raider when that first Tomb Raider reboot mm-hmm. came out. They're like, it didn't do as well as we wanted. I'm like, well, and then Hitman didn't do as well as we wanted. But Hitman's episodic stuff, and this is maybe something for another level, is but the episodic release of Hitman um, added something different to the way that game works, and it it made it so that you focused on different aspects of the game rather than just rapid firing through the levels, which is what I did with two, which was not released episodically. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting in that regard. But anyway, that's a whole digression, but it's cool to hear until dawn kind of plays with that. And I do want to play it. Um, one question I have about its story, I guess is, is it, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this is, is, until dawn is it more is it more um like straight kind of uh <laughs> i'm trying to think of the franchise a wrong turn or something like that um is it playing it straight or is it a little bit of a cabin in the woods i guess is my question definitely a little bit of cabin in the woods okay that makes um, me that, uh, that there, there's that's... definitely um the things about the story I don't want to tell because of that. Okay. Um, I would say uh, for being intentionally like the the people who want, or who decided to make it were like we're going to make a dumb team slasher. We're going to use all the tropes, and then they were kind of like, but we can do whatever we want with those tropes. So it's very knowing about um, how to screw with those expectations. Okay. And, cool. I I was particularly I would say about like three four three four stages and you're like I guess this is just uh, doing that thing and then the first of a few twists happens and you're like oh wait no this isn't what I thought it was at all and uh, <laughs> it, it goes in some cool places like it's not a brilliant work it's not um, no one's going to be writing about this in their next game as art uh, thesis statement, but I think it uh, 
like, I, I guess the analogy I would use, like, some of my favorite horror movies are the Scream movies, mm-hmm. and people don't talk about that the way they will The Shining. But they have, <laughs> you know, that they have a knowing thing. They know what they're doing, and they're really playing with that and doing it in a fun way. And uh, there's a lot of that going on until, until dawn as well. Okay, cool. That that excites me because that's kind of the impression I had that it had. I mean, I love Cabin in the Woods. Um, mm. As someone that I'm kind of a lapsed horror fan, I'll say I, I really used to watch a lot of kind of slasher horror. I mean, I owned a DVD copy of House of Wax, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually I kind of lost the stomach for it. But then Cabin in the Woods came out and I had a lot of fun with that. So anyway, um, you're also playing. You've you've moved on to Persona Arena. How's that going? Uh, the second one. The second I beat one. the first one uh, as I going through old PS3 games and I'm trying to get through some of that and just move on from the system in general. But I, I also was like, yeah, I should finish the Persona 3 4 storyline. Um, it's better than the first one. It's still uh, at times exceedingly slow. Okay. Um, I The fighting is like. I understand it enough from playing a lot of Street Fighter when I was younger. It is still more technical than I... Uh, <laughs> I will never be good at it. I mean, Arxis games a, are technical as hell. Yeah, yeah. It, it is... Um, there's a lot going on there. And uh, it's fun for me to screw around with. And I wish the story was faster, but I have been enjoying it. it I, what I analogize the arena games to is like a pretty good fanfic on okay. for people who beat Personas 3 and 4. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's not going to, no one's going to be like, oh, that that was necessary. I, I really needed that. I love that. Instead, it's like, oh, I get to spend, a, spend some more hours with characters I really enjoy in their world. Okay. Cool. And get a get a fighting game that I am pretty bad at along the way but, uh, <laughs> cool I, then, played, I played a little bit of the first one and like the the cutscenes. I, I hesitate to even call them cutscenes because they're just text um for the most <laughs> part just were long and i was like i yeah i can't they're not as long okay you can also there are one thing they added is other modes so you could easily just ignore them um but yeah i i feel like they're not necessary reading for people who love those games. They're definitely there for, um, yeah. If, if you, if you're, you love them so much where you wanted to read fan fiction, might as well like <laughs> read official, highly produced fan fiction with a pretty good fighter. But I, I'm, I, I'm not going to be telling you to go out there and play it. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather, my, play, my right. I'd rather play the dance games. I well, the reason why I don't have the dance games is because you can't get both of them for PlayStation Four. Yeah, that, like there, there was, it was like a PS um, Vita thing, and I was like, I if I could get both of those, I will buy that. Uh, um, maybe they eventually ported it since then, but um, I really want those dance games. I really want. Those dance games <laughs> I just now. want to dance to the Junus song. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I want those. Yep. So the moral of the story is don't get Persona Arena games, get those Persona Dancing All Night games. Okay. Will do. Will do. 
So the other things I see, have you actually see Final Fantasy VII Remake? You started that before, right? I played the demo before, okay. and then my wife played okay. through the whole thing, and I watched some of it. But I started it the other night and have played through basically the the prologue where you blow up the Mako <laughs> Tower thing. Um, and then things go off the rails in weird ways, not to spoil them. So, but it, it I, I felt like I've been wanting to mess with it and it seemed like a good time to. So I've been in the mood to play more things on the couch than in front of my desk lately. So. And then I see longing to play the demon souls remake. Yep. It just, yeah. it looks cool. <laughs> I assume that's true of, anyone who's who wants to listen to this podcast <laughs> because you're sane so that means you're unable to get a playstation 5 mm -hmm. but also you like those games so you'd really like to play it <laughs> i'd really like to play it gosh i mean I, yeah. I i i looked at my ps3 i was like maybe i'll just play the original i'm like no i don't want to play the original i don't want to play this uh, <laughs> yeah and as much as like um yeah i don't want to go back to that either yeah i i, I, pl well, I played it's the, offline now too so like and i played the wheels off of that one you hmm. know because i was so bad at souls games at that point <laughs> it is funny like how long it took me to beat demon souls and dark souls and then like i can kind of relatively cruise through the later ones and i still suck at them don't get me wrong but oh yeah but 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 like in hindsight demon souls is a pretty short game that took me as long as any of the souls games even though it's significantly shorter and uh for the most part easier yep yep uh, and then i wrote down on your list for you um hearthstone um i don't yeah. know how much you have to say of this but like they kind of threw themselves off a cliff it's uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, they haven't Blizzard hasn't responded to anything about it in in weeks, but uh, essentially they changed the game's monetization model for free to play. And you know, even if people paid for the game, they still you know reaped the free to play rewards. That's how you keep people playing. That sort of thing is like you give them a reward. Um, we all know about the basic Freudian psychology or uh, Skinnerian psychology. Keep giving people candy. You know, they keep wanting to play. They changed that and they did a really, really mesmerizingly bad job. And <laughs> at first they kind of lied and said that it would work. It would like, it'll reward you even more than the old system. The problem is that they didn't realize that the people who like a lot of the people who play Hearthstone are obsessive weirdos who are going to pull up the spreadsheets and yeah. they're going to do the math. Like, how do they not know that of all fan bases, like these are a lot of people who like used to play WoW and then maybe now play Hearthstone as they're older. And so it'll be like people my age or like 40 year olds who will be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna whip out a spreadsheet and see exactly how much progress I'm making per hour. Oh mm -hmm. my god, they. Uh, so it's it a game about where... min maxing, and yeah, of course they're exactly. gonna min max there. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly, it is a game about min maxing. So, I. But what fascinates me isn't so much they tweaked it in a way that that's 
bad for players because that's like who's surprised what surprises me is that they did it in a way that feels bad because you can have a game like destiny or a lot of mmos or gotcha games where they they can change the values and and even though it's worse for the player it doesn't feel worse like destiny is amazing at that Mm -hmm. that was like their whole that was always like uh if i if i could say the destiny destiny 2 thing is like all right well this isn't as good and it's going to waste more of your time but people really like it mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was always how they kind of did it now it is in hearthstone if you were to play for like an hour you get get a certain amount of rewards it is very easy to play three hours straight and get no rewards whatsoever oh that sounds like destiny to me yeah, no, I mean that was why I quit Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they—they're always like Destiny would always changing to do stuff about that. But um, it was Destiny is such a—it's a big three D tentpole game with a, a bajillion things going on, and there's Crucible players, there's raid players. You know, you're trying to balance all these things with Hearthstone. I mean, my God, I can make a thing that feels better, like this afternoon in 10, <laughs> like, like I, I, it's been a very fascinating thing. So since then, the, if you go to like the Hearthstone Reddit, there hasn't been, it's been several weeks after the new expansion came out and there haven't been any positive posts whatsoever. And it, it's all posts of people being like, I just kept waiting for them to tell me that they're going to fix it or change it or do something. But it's been, like going on to three weeks of radio silence, I guess I quit. And then the you just scroll down and it's like 30 threads of that in a mm. row every day. And each one of them, each one of those threads will have 50,000 likes. <laughs> uh, and you said like streamers are starting to try and diversify. So yeah, they have an alternate uh, way of like continuing to succeed. Yeah, I've seen some of the larger streamers in the field um, going, all right, well, this can't have much longer. Like it's still in kind of the new expansion. Normally, and this is true for like Magic or Rune Terror or, or any game of that sort, or even you know like Destiny. They put out the new raid. They put out the new set. Um, things are big for a while and then they die down. Uh, this really took a lot of the bump out of the putting out a new expansion and so the numbers are way down for streamers you can see them leaving it and leaving competitive and going uh i'm gonna do this so like people who i had only seen stream hearthstone or magic i have seen them stream um uh i've seen them stream fall guys i've seen them stream uh why can i not think of the name of the game that you're uh not parents were playing among us <laughs> yeah I, i've seen a lot of the hearthstone people play uh they play among us and they get as many many views and they're like well you know this is fun and you'll yeah. you, it'll be like eight of the hearthstone streamers playing among us together because they're like this Good. is more fun for us uh slightly fewer views but that's mostly because they you know they establish their brand through the other things. Yeah, so I, think, I mean that that happens, yeah. and thankfully they're not playing Dota. No, but watching them kind of, yeah, watching them kind of uh, change it and looking at them as they go, oh well, normally three weeks after an expansion, I'd have four thousand viewers at any given time. Instead, I'm at two thousand. That mm. might not sound huge, but like 
you're literally at half the viewers. Yeah, no, that's a huge drop, and yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Well, I don't, I, and I don't even know what to say at that point. Is like, hopefully they turn it around. But God, after three weeks of this, sure doesn't sound yeah. like they're going to. Like, yeah, no, and uh, it's it's uh, the main thing I I have been hearing from everyone in the community is that I should check out Le- uh, Rune Terra and uh, people, the Hearthstone people. Like, there's always a different difficult thing with like figuring out the complexity levels of card games, like magic is very complex um you can go to hearthstone pretty pretty simple but then there's auto battlers which are even simpler um i rune terra seems to hit a very similar sweet spot and they seem to be like hey wait a second hearthstone's bleeding a bunch of people why don't we put out some extra discounts and put out some extra bonuses for new for new players they're like doing all the things that a smart company should do (laughs) uh so i I don't know it's entertaining to me I, i i've been enjoying I just enjoy industry drama. Um, Heather was like, I my my wife was asking, why I still notice you playing Hearthstone. I was like, well, yeah, because I had all this stuff saved up from the last free to play thing before they changed the monetization system. But now, when they come to the next rotation, I kind of just have to quit. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of, uh, and then you know that they've kind of taken taken that part of the game out of it so it'll it's interesting i hope that they fix it but it is an amazingly long time there's i can't think of any for like a major developer to just go complete radio silence for three weeks after the release it's like think of after the release of a destiny raid Mm-hmm. No one heard anything from the devs for the next month. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, this is also crazy on top of like, how old is Hearthstone at this point? Eight years ago? Like, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be like, it, ha it's, ha. It's real weird. And uh, it was ironic because I just got a need to check it out. And then two yeah. days later, they released their new monetization. And then I was like, well, that was fun. I guess you got a glimpse of Hearthstone towards the end how it, how it looked right then mm-hmm. um one other game i actually failed to write down that i did play is uh and i won't go too deep into it because i want you to play it someday is uh call of duty black ops um oh, yeah, Cold yeah, War. that game does yeah. some wild stuff for a call of duty campaign and i feel like looking around the internet it was extremely poorly received um, so i'm kind of in the minority here of really enjoying the campaign but maybe that's because i mean i i will fully agree that ronald reagan was a piece of shit but people seem to be much more upset about his including about him being in this game than i was and it feels like that colored more of their opinion of it overall but um I, I i want you to play that game at some point so we can talk about some of the things it does because it's got it's this weird amalgamation of other games that i wouldn't have guessed like bioshock like hitman um among other things so anyway i think you'll have to remind me in six months and be like it's that when i'm like which is the call of duty you think i should play and you can tell me which one because Mm -hmm. that's that's always my thing with that um when a franchise has more than five games and their names are basically the same thing then i i really 
it's one thing if it's a franchise I'm like following, like I can tell you which one is Mario Galaxy versus Mario Odyssey because I played a bunch of these. But if I'm just kind of dip in and out every now and then mm-hmm. uh, i can't yeah no and that's understandable especially when you get into the call of duty games where they like have colons upon colons in their titles where it's it's call of duty black ops cold war there isn't actually a colon after black black ops so it's call of duty black ops cold war but yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a mess it's yeah, no, I, I just so i'll need you to be like you should check it out you made it sound very interesting i I think at this point in time, there almost could not be such a thing as a well-received Call of Duty campaign. That's true. The last one kind of was uh, Modern Warfare, but I I played it. I enjoyed it, but it was also kind of just dull. Um, like it's a weird was thing to say one? for how much how much was I was that the one it. I played co-op of with you. No, you played. Uh, so you, <laughs> you played some you, you played some of black ops 3 co-op with me and that oh, game God. is wild and nuts um because i was gonna say that was pretty cool what i saw it made no sense but it was like it was no. it was like a magical nonsensical sci-fi i i, I didn't really expect <laughs> yeah no and that that's kind of cool in its own way but no the last one the modern warfare the one that came out last year was very much a straight military action movie um unrealistic in the like we're gonna bounce around the world and we're gonna go rogue and help these you know insurgents fight this war but it was all very much you know stay frosty they actually stay for say stay frosty multiple times and the the loading screen says stay frosty and you're just like okay i get what you're doing here there's a there's a scene where you have to shoot up a wendy's and it, it's real awkward until uh, they go no no stay frosty and then you're like oh i see what you were doing here. man frost Fro- frosty sounds good right about now yeah frost frosty and some fries and all right and uh, as a final note, do you want to mention a non-book recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just finished Ready Player Two, which came out last week, the sequel to the uh, Ready Player One, which eventually became a Steven Spielberg blockbuster movie. Um, Ready Player One gets a lot of flack, and I think in some ways rightfully so, but I still enjoyed it as kind of just a mindless popcorn pandering kind of thing it's definitely pandering um but a lot of people got very mad about how much it panders um but i I enjoyed it nonetheless and the sequel came out last week and i i felt the need to check it out and it's oh man (laughs) it's it's not great i'll say it it feels more pandering than ever um and it's it sure isn't what i expected it to be even though it is a retread like i expected it to be a retread but i'm trying not to spoil things about it too much but it 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 is just a it felt like a book that didn't need to be made which is kind of easy to assume based on you know it just being called ready player two the name itself is like completely 
wrong it's not ready player two there's no player two to speak of it is you are this reading about the same character from the first thing there's no it's just a clever play on words like i was actually kind of hoping for like okay this is a new protagonist or something like no nope it's the same people from the last thing kind of doing the same thing um the main character this i can spoil the main character you spend 130 pages of this book with the main character him telling you how much of a piece of shit he is over the last three years since winning the contest in the first book and he never really redeems himself but the book thinks they did and i'll kind of leave it at that so yeah that's that's our non, our non <laughs> we should bring up when we're when we're reading uh related things and that's that definitely qualifies but uh it's, yeah yeah mileage will vary it spends a bunch of time on john hughes and prince and eh. and no pogs no I pogs was, I, I was like you know i thought that uh how do you do a sequel to a book that's steeped on 1980s nostalgia 1990s nostalgia baby <laughs> and then uh and then you're like I kept on asking, any pogs yet? Where are the pogs? And you're like, and when you finished, you're like, still no pogs. It's like, you know what? Why why even write a book if you're not going to include pogs? <laughs> not going to include pogs. I, I, I hope your next book has lots of pogs in it. <laughs> and now I need to now I need to write them in. <laughs> oh man, or or just start a new book about a pogs hero. Pogs champion. Well, it's dodgeball, but Pogs. There's a there's a Martin Amos book about his uh, obsession with uh, arcade games back in the day. And what if I wrote a book that was about my obsession with Pogs, but was entirely fictional? <laughs> the only difference is his one's nonfiction and weird. <laughs> you should do uh, that. You should do that. <laughs> so anyway, this is how I lose. This is how I lose my agent. <laughs> ah. He'd be into it. He'd be into it. Tell All him right. I said it was a good idea. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Ready Player Two. If you're a huge fan of the first book, read it. It'll it's it's at least entertaining enough. I don't regret reading it. It took me not very long to read through. Um, but don't expect it to move mountains and don't expect to be super fulfilling so anyway i want to thank everyone for listening i want to thank you sean for joining me as always um our listeners can visit expositionbreak.com for our written content and some video content more video content these days than written content but maybe someday we'll find the time to write something it just writing takes, is hard writing's hard and it takes a long time and it needs to be proofread and you need fully formed thoughts and can't just blabber through things you know like my ready player two review i just gave um <laughs> but anyway check out expeditionbreak.com for some of that you can follow us on twitter at exhibition break you can send questions comments to podcast at expeditionbreak.com i want to thank ice fields for the use of our theme music scenic route you can find his music on soundcloud and i hope everyone has a terrific week and can't wait to talk next time. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.